Great. This morning we have the privilege of having Pastor Caroline preaching to us today. I just want to quickly introduce, if you don't know who Pastor Caroline is, her and David have been leading our African Havens Ministry, which serves the widows, the orphans, and the foreigners in this city. And they've been doing that for over 20 years, right? I mean, it's been a long time. Um, and they have seen over 100 children go to their forever families through this ministry. And Caroline has an incredible word to share with us. She is a woman of great faith. That really is a description of who she is. So please, can you give a huge, huge welcome to her? Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank Pastor Simon and Lindy for inviting me to share with you this morning. And I just want to invite the Lord to come and help me. So, Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you that you encourage us to boast about our weaknesses, that the, pro that the um, power of God might dwell in us. And, Lord, as I come to you today, I pray that you would work and speak through me. And, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would prepare their hearts, that you would give them a good soil in their hearts so that they can receive the word and act on it. In your precious name, amen. So I get to kick off our prayer and fasting um, time, and um, I'm thrilled. This journey started a year ago, and Pastor Simon asked me to share an offering testimony um, after the fast last year. And I said, really? And he said, yes. And I, and I felt that I should share what God was doing with me during that fast. And so he, he showed me that I had a lot of sin that I needed to repent of, of pride, of arrogance, of self-sufficiency, independence. And then he showed me I had an idol. And you would have guessed what it was. It was food. And as I declared before all of you who were here a year ago in a week, that um, God began to do a new journey in me. So I, he, I, for the whole year, I've been fasting and praying and trusting God to change my heart. And um, so I want to share some of that with you. He gave me three points to tell you today, that there is a great warfare going on, that there is a great cleansing, and that there is a great power he wants to give you. Um, yes. So at the beginning of every Christian's life, Sorry, I'll go back there. Beginning of every Christian's life, when you give your heart to the Lord, there's a great battle that begins. The battle with good and evil. The battle with the old man and the new man. The battle with um, humility and pride. And the battle of, of um, the flesh and the spirit. There's a great battle that rages in you that you have to fight off and you have to choose, right? And all the evils, Paul says, can be traced to the flesh. So let's read about that in Galatians 3 through 21. You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbors, as yourself. 
If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do what you want. It continues. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. For the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that scripture in the beginning, as it says, it's obvious. The, I, it's obvious to me. Sexual sin, idolatry, witchcraft, debauchery, immorality, impurity. Those things are quite obvious. But there's a few what I would call little foxes that got a hold of my heart when I started fasting. Disc hatred. Discord. You know what discord is? It's dis means different, and cord means heart. It's an old word for heart, so it's a different heart. So when you have a conflict with someone, you're, you're having a different heart. Um, there is a lack of harmony. That's what dissensions means. It means a disagreement leading to discord or a different heart, a lack of harmony. And factions, a part, being a part or a group that is often contentious or self-seeking. Now, I don't know about you, but some of these things hit home to me. And what did Paul tell us? That if you live like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he told us. There is a battle between the flesh and the spirit. You know, your, I like to think of your soul as your mind. It's your will and it's your emotions. It is how you think. It is what you want. It is how you feel. And that can be used for good or that can be used for bad, for evil. And it's a constant battle that we're in. Even Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I buffet my body, I make it my slave, lest possibly after I have preached to others that I myself would be disqualified. He understood the great battle that we're in. But there is hope. God has a plan. This scripture you know very well, 2 Chronicles 7.14. You can talk, you've memorized it, I'm sure. Read it with me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear for heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Did you hear that? I love it. Who is he talking to? First off, who's he talking to? His people. He's not talking to everybody in the world. He's talking to us, his children, if my people. I love this part. It's a recipe. If we do four things, then God will do three things. 
So our part is to humble ourselves. Now, over and over again in Scripture, humbling ourselves means fasting. It's synonymous with fasting, denying your flesh, your fleshly desires. Two, and some would say it's the same, humbling yourself is prayer, but he separated it out. He said, humble yourselves and pray and seek his face. I thought praying was seeking his face, but there's another level there. Seeking his face and turning from your wicked ways. Then when that happens, God will do his part, which is before that, he was like this. But it says he will then hear our prayers, forgive our sin, and heal our land. We want that. You know, over and over again in the Bible, there's so many examples of prayer and fasting. How about Daniel, chapter 9 and 10? He fasted 21 days on fruits, vegetables, and beans. And... He cried out to God in sackcloth and ashes, repented of his sin, repented of his nation's sin. And what happened? 21 days later, he had a visitation from God. Just 21 days. He had a visitation from God, and God began to heal his land. How about David in Psalm 35 says, I humbled myself with prayer and fasting. And this is my favorite story, Jonah Jonah, you know the story of Jonah. Jonah was uh, given a word from God to go share to the king of Nineveh, an unrighteous king. He refused. He got in the boat. He got thrown in the water. He got in the whale. And then the whale puked him up on the beach. And then he finally said, okay, I'll do it. Now, he had been fasting for three days, okay? Don't think he was eating anything in that whale. <laughs> Um, and what did he do? He went to the king of Nineveh, an unrighteous king, and he gave the word of judgment that was coming because of their wickedness. And this unrighteous king, what did he do? King of Nineveh, he declared a three-day fast for every man, woman, child, and beast of the field. Now, I don't know how the beast of the field helps, but whatever. He was desperate, and he cried out to God. They prayed and repented. They they asked God to forgive them, and what did he do? He forgave them. He stayed, removed the judgment. That's an unrighteous king. That's an unrighteous king. How much more does he want to do with us as believers? Okay? He wants to bring the power of God. But look at other people in the Bible. Look at Elijah. Look at Moses. Look at uh, Paul. How about even Jesus? Do you know he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, just so that you know he didn't eat at night? Um, and after it, it says he was hungry. Now, he wasn't thirsty, so he, it was water. He had water, but he was hungry, and that was what he did before he performed one miracle. How much more do we need it? How much more? You know, do you want to be added to the great warriors of the faith? Do you know your life was bought with a price? It's not our own. Okay, the second point I want to make is the great cleanse. This book gives you 100 reasons why you should fast. 50 spiritual and 50 physical. I'm just going to read you a few. 
Fasting becomes prayer to the praying Christian, Psalm 35 says. Fasting takes one into humility faster than anything else. Fasting removes pride. Thank you, Lord. Fasting reaches and obtains what prayer cannot alone. We'll talk about that later, Matthew 17. Physical benefits. Fasting is the greatest curative agent known. It cures cancer and diabetes. And Pastor Simon testified after he and Lindy fasted on water for 10 days that he was healed of high blood pressure. Okay? God cares for these things. He has a good recipe for us to be healthy and strong. Um, yes. Oh, and the last one is fasting purifies the bloodstream. When you drink water and, and healthier things, it cleans it out. Do you know that when, um, when you are, uh, no, I'll save that for later. Yeah, no, sorry, cleansing. You know what? When you eat three meals a day, you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, your body digests the things that are, are easy to digest. But then it can't always get to the things that are harder. So they store them and keep them, keep them stored until there's a gap, you know, the long enough gap where it can really detoxify these things. But so often we keep feeding our flesh, like me, I know this all so well, and you keep feeding our flesh and don't, it's a habit hunger. It's not real hunger. And, it, and what happens is these toxins and things get stored up in your body and they make you sick. So when you declare a fast, you're cleansing that out and ridding your body of these things. I also learned that there's four appetites. There's a spiritual appetite, there's a hunger appetite, a sexual appetite, and a want appetite. Now, the three in pink are controlled very much by um, the food. Food stimulates them. Food drives them. Food feeds them. So, so that the, they can be used for good, but if we get out of balance, which is easy to do, think of how much time is spent about talking about food, preparing food, sex, all these different things, okay? There's a lot of time prepared there. When you go on a major water fast, when God sends, get, prepares you to do that, you're going to experience the most amazing things. Between it, a major water fast, it's just 10 to 14 days, but it really can go on a lot longer. And in a major water fast, the first few days, you have headaches, and you feel weak, and you're hungry all the time. And then as you keep pressing into God and pressing into his word and, and denying your flesh, what happens is you stop being hungry. Can you believe it? You stop hungering. And then, and then as you keep going and seeking God, then what happens? Your sexual desire leaves. Now, if you struggle with pornography, lust, immorality, you want to get healed from that? Go on a water fest. Deny your flesh. About two weeks. If it's really stubborn, it might take longer. But that's... <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep going. God's our healer. He'll do it. But for me, the greed, the want appetite, for me, that was harder to break. Everyone who knew me would call me busy. 
I was busy. I was always busy, busy. I was in like overdrive all the time. Got to tick the list. Got to get everything done. Um, I've kind of lost where I am here, but it doesn't matter. And, um, oh yeah, that's it. And I was, this busyness was an over-anxious driving force in my life. I can do it. I'll get it done. God's trusting on me. It's all up to me. And you know what? About 21 days in the fast, it left. It broke. And there was a peace. And there was a contentment with God. As you continue in your fasting, when I fasted 40 days, and I'm not trying to brag about it because it was something God anointed me to do, it was not hard. It was not hard because when you really get the heart of fasting, it has nothing to do with food. It has everything to do with Jesus because when you start denying that pink box, your spiritual appetite grows. You long and hunger and thirst for righteousness. You seek God. You read his word. It's just coming alive to you. It just is, is wonderful. Your prayers are answered. You feel like God has got this. I don't need to use thousands of words. It's at his feet. He's got it. He hears me. I hear his voice. I see people differently. I hunger and thirst for spiritual gifts. I long to be used by him to share the gospel and to, and to grow in him and please him. So your soul then becomes renewed and refreshed. Um, I don't have a, a, a time to go into all the ways to prepare for fasting, to do fasting, to choose fasting, to break your fast, to all the different things about fasting. I spent a year going through these two books because Jesus needed to do a work in my life. He needed to create a new culture in me. And, and these two books are available at the bookshop, and they can help you in your fasting journey. There's also a few articles there which are great. Please take a screenshot of this and reference things there. There's not a lot out there for Christians about fasting, but these are great. And as Jesse told you about our seven days and the announcements did. Well, guess what? Because we at um, Every Nation Joburg are doing a 21-day fast, we made 14 days more of devotionals that are also there available for you. And some of them are learning about fasting and the power of fasting, and the others are building your faith because we're on a great faith journey. So those things are all available for you. But what I want you to know is that in this season, you're going to learn about fasting and experience its power in your life if you choose. But later this year, when you see the flesh creeping in, when you see lust coming up and uh, pride and difficulty in relationships, in your marriage, with your children, in your families, difficulties at work, trouble in your finances, your health not taking a turn for the worst, your prayer's not being answered. 
a lack of spiritual gifts in your life that were once pulsing and you could see people get healed and different things happen and have words of knowledge and prophecies for people. When you see they're drying up, when you see that it's harder to hear God than it once was, like Jesse shared this morning, you will know what to do. And that is to humble yourself. What did he say? Humble yourself, pray, seek God, and repent of your wicked ways. And what does he bring? He brings back all the healing and forgiveness that we need. So you will have the answers of what to do. Because you know why? God is waiting for you. He's waiting for you to deny your flesh and to be yielded to him. Okay, the next point I want to make is his great power, the great power. Matthew 17, it's 14 through 21. When they approached the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, kneeling before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on me. My son is, um, I lost it. My son is a lunatic and moonstruck, whatever that is, and suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they were not able to heal him. And Jesus answered, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you, and how long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. So... He, he, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed at once. He continues. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, why, do you, why could we not drive it out? He answered, because of your little faith, your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God. For I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And if it is God's will, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind of demon does not go out except through prayer and fasting. Now, I just want to first talk about that last verse, 21. You see it's in brackets. The older manuscripts and Bible scholars interpreted it as prayer and fasting. But the newer manuscripts and Bible scholars aren't convinced of that. They think it's just prayer. So I'm not a Bible scholar. You decide. As for me, I'm going with prayer and fasting. Okay? Because I've seen his great power. Now, this, this scripture hits a little home to me. Most of you know we have a son, Gabriel. He's 11 years old. And what the man was describing in the earlier verses was fits or seizures. And our son battles with seizures. He's on Epilim, which is a very strong antipsychotic drug. And um, he's on three times a day, every eight hours. And um, did you see verse 17? Hold on, let's go back there. Did you see the rebuke that Jesus gave his disciples? You perverted and unbelieving generation, how long will I put up with you? I felt that rebuke. Is it my faith that is lacking? Am I not believing? Whoops. And the power of God? Am I not believing in his power to heal Gabriel? He's a child. He, he, I mean, he believes, but he can't, he can't pray for his healing like I, we can. 
And I felt the rebuke. So the, during this time of fasting, I made it one of my goals to pray, a focus to pray for his healing because I know God is able to and I know he wants to. And um, so as it turned out, we went to, we had an appointment this week with his pediatric neurologist. You meet twice a year. And it kept getting canceled and canceled. Now I see it's the provision of the Lord. And then we saw the doctor and we were telling him how he's doing how that he's reading and writing and reading sentences, and he's doing math now at school. He can do addition and subtraction. He can dress himself except for buttons and zippers. And he can, he even cleans up after himself sometimes. And as we were telling them about this thing, the doctor stopped us and said, his brain is healing. Systems are being restored. It's regenerating. And David and I looked at each other, and we were just, we don't know our boy outside of Ephilim. We don't know this, what he's like. And she said, when you return in February after your trip, we're going to do the test, and we're going to start the weaning process. And, and David and I were just overwhelmed with the goodness of God. That's the power of God at work. <laughs> and when we left that doctor's appointment, she handed me the script that's good for six months. And she said, I believe this is the last time I will hand you one of these. She loves God and is a believer, too. Okay, so that's the power. I want to read you the scripture, John 14, 11 through 14. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I say to you, hold on, hold on, I tell you, wherever, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, Jesus is saying, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, that you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Did you hear that? When people don't believe the words we say about Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. When Jesus says that, and, they, and we say it to them for, for Jesus, and they don't believe it, then let them believe in the signs and wonders that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for people and they get healed. We're supposed to pray for 5,000 and they be fed. We're supposed to calm the storm. We're supposed to do greater miracles than Jesus did. He's asking us to do it because he's gone to the Father and we're here and he lives in us. And it won't be for us. Verse 13 says, and what's it for? His glory. Amen. It's for his glory so that he is glorified. I love Matthew 10. You'll know this story. It's the disciples. Jesus sent them out two by two to go to the surrounding areas and preach the gospel. And he commanded them to do four things. 
heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Do you know something? These men weren't born again. Do you know they didn't even have the Holy Spirit? What did they have? They sat at Jesus' feet. Day in, day out, receiving from him, healing, revelation, teachings, knowledge. They got delivered. They got healed. It said, freely you've received, freely give. That is what Jesus longs for us to do. They were believers. There's one thing. I am more convinced of in my life now that I have fasted is that these signs and wonders and healings and miracles are for today. Okay? They are for today. He wants to manifest his power through us because we'll testify and give him all the glory. You know, at Every Nation, we have, uh, Rosebank, we have a great mission statement. To see lives, communities, societies transformed by the word, the presence, and the power of God. We have great leaders. We have great programs, a great vision to go to the campuses, go to people, disciple them. But we lack something. We have a great children's ministry, too. Um, but we lack something. The atomic power of God. We have great prophecies of what God wants to do in this church as an apostolic center, sending out, bringing healing, seeing revival in our city. This city is to be transformed from a city of gold to a city of God. That is God's heart for us, but we're lacking the power to go and see this happen. We need his power. We need great faith. That's what he's asking us. So here's the challenge. Oh, did I do that already? Yeah. Okay. I did, right? Yeah. God, here's the challenge. It's from this book. I'm not the writer of it, okay? Because I'm not so good at those things. If God's people could for one moment realize how tremendous a thing this fasting truth is, there would be thousands more who would fast. As a result, we would see major miracles performed and a national revival would occur. The dead would rise. Demons would be cast out. Thousands of incurable diseases would be healed. All for the name of Jesus. As you enter this time of fasting and prayer, I believe that God wants to cultivate in us a culture of fasting and humbling ourselves and praying and seeking his face and repenting of our sin because he wants to bring in his great power and heal this land. So are you willing to do your part? That's it, Jesse. I'm going to ask Caroline to pray for us with that amazing word. Okay. Jesus, I thank you. Great God, King, we've longed for years for us to humble ourselves and cry out to you, seek your face, deny our fleshly appetites. 
so that we could see our spiritual appetite grow, that we'd hunger and thirst for righteousness, your word, your presence, your power, your love, your heart. And Father, I pray that in this time of prayer and fasting, these 21 days that this shift that you promised is coming would happen. And Father, that you would change us. That you would, as you're changing me and as you've taken me on a new journey that's only the beginning, that you would change us. Father, that you would hear our prayers as we saturate ourselves with your word and, and your presence and your spirit and other things that help us build our faith. Because you want us to have great faith, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would begin this great journey in us. Lord, for your glory, all for your glory, that we can present our days as faithful and have run the race. Well, in your precious and mighty name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Caroline. Can we give her a round of applause?